Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win it real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. We're talking New Year's resolutions for the first couple of weeks in 2017. You may have tuned into our episodes on getting your money in order with Bobby or getting your cooking situation in order with Dawn. And this week, we're talking about two resolutions that many of you probably have. One, to start cooking every night and the other to start a business. Emily Gerger is joining me today. She is the founder of The Cooking Habit. The Cooking Habit helps you figure out how to cook a recipe, cook several nights a week, and cook successfully with others. She's not a professional chef. She's a home cook just like the rest of us. And her program, The Cooking Habit, just aims to help everyone understand how to create a lifelong cooking habit. So she started this business in 2015, and she's going to tell us all about what it was like to quit her job and pursue her real passions and help us figure out how to create these habits in our own kitchen. So welcome, Emily. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um, So as I described a little bit, you started The Cooking Habit in 2015, but I want to hear a little bit about your life before starting The Cooking Habit. So tell us what where you were after graduating college and kind of paint a picture for us about like your first couple of months and what you were doing right out of college. So right out of college, I actually went on a three month trip to South America um, and did some traveling. I uh, worked on organic farms through this program called Woofing, um, which I would highly recommend. It's really awesome. And, And then I moved to the Bay Area And uh, I was hoping to pursue what I had studied in school, which was urban planning. And I had had a few internships before that, but um, I was really struggling to kind of find my place and did a lot of odd jobs my first few months out out of college and kind of settling in like Craigslist jobs, like being someone's personal assistant and watering their lawn while they were, you know, away on vacation. And uh, I finally, like, landed what I thought was my dream job and worked at an environmental planning firm. And I, I, pretty soon after I started working there, I realized that really wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And so I really searched my mind for um, other options of, of what, how I could pursue um, a passion that I didn't even really know what my passion was at that point. So... So dream job is is a keyword for so many of us, and I know so many listeners on the show. So I just want to put it into perspective a little bit, because I think every time we have someone on the show, we learn a little bit more about why these dream jobs and five-year plans put way too much pressure on us. So how old were you when you yeah. thought that you'd landed your dream job? Um, 24. Right. So it's. I think it's just like fun to point out yeah. that like we think we've landed. I mean, I'm 24 now. And while yeah. working at Real Simple has been wonderful and positive, like I just think it's so funny that we get it in our heads that, oh, I've landed my dream job at 24. Like we have 60 well, years of working yeah. ahead of us. Yeah, exactly. Ideally, and I think, I think, too, it it was important for me to realize like that all the the reason that was my dream job is because it checked off everything that I had, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to be able to bike to work. I wanted to feel really comfortable financially. And I also wanted to use my degree. So those were kind of, that was like kind of my criteria for having like this job, but I totally left off having fun. And um, I think that was 
a really a missing ingredient in my pursuit of, of a job and a career in, in planning. And you bring up ingredients. So I yeah. have to ask, when during all this, as you're landing your first job and you're out of college and you're figuring everything out, how were you also pursuing cooking and, and where did your interest in cooking come from? So I have been really interested in cooking from a really early age. I started cooking more for myself when I was in high school and I started eating a vegetarian diet. And then when I went to college and had my own first kitchen, I was really exploratory and would try to make like whatever I could find online. And it wasn't until I, I would say I moved in with a group of people that, um, that also share this interest in, in cooking that I was really able to find kind of my stride in figuring out recipes that, that were really fitting to what I wanted to be eating and really kind of having this social experience around food. So you were developing your own recipes as well? Like you weren't really working off of cookbooks or Pinterest or anything like that? No, I was, I was doing a lot of Pinterest and cookbooks <laughs> and, you know, real simple and food blocks, like food media in general. Uh-huh. I was, uh, I was definitely consuming a lot of it. But and when did it switch from being something that was fun and something you did when you were younger to to when did you feel like you started becoming an expert? I know I read that your friends started coming to you with a lot of questions. When did it become clear that you had you know a special talent for this and a, a you could be a leader in this space? Yeah, I think when um, when I had friends coming to me for advice on how to save money and how to meal plan and maybe how to cook successfully with their partners, that's kind of um, when I realized, oh, maybe maybe I could do something with this. And then um, when I felt really unhappy in my in my job, that's when I really decided, oh, maybe this is something that I should try to pursue a career in. So to me. As someone who's 24, the idea of creating a whole separate career on the side and quitting my job and pursuing that feels really, really scary to me. So I'm curious about how you found, like, do you have friends in your life or parents who have sort of modeled this for you? Or were you just, are you just way braver than me and decided (laughs) to to go for it? (laughs) Probably both. I don't think, I don't think, um... I'm way braver than anyone necessarily. I definitely had a really strong um, support system and my friends. I have uh, one entrepreneurial friend in particular who really encouraged me and gave me uh, the push and the confidence that I needed. But I think it was just kind of like a trial and error thing. And to be honest, when I, uh, when I quit my job, it took me it took me probably six months to quit my job and then it took me another six months to actually stop working there. So mm-hmm. so I think it it takes time and um and sometimes it's one of those things where you kinda of have to start before you're ready, even if even if that takes a while. And why don't you explain a little bit about the the idea behind the cooking habit and kind of the the model that you've built. I talked about it a little bit that you have different programs people can sign up for, but it's it's kind of like a mini school, but less intimidating. So why don't you explain a little bit about how you developed that? Yes. So um, the cooking habit is a result of 
kind of my own experience in the kitchen. And when I decided to start something up on my own, I, I reflected on my experiences in the kitchen and really how is it that I am able to cook kind of night after night and, and how did I fall in love with cooking? And so I used that experience and then altered it so that basically I'm working with clients in order to help them help them figure out what they really want to be eating. I think we skip the step of self-reflection and self-discovery before kind of jumping, diving right into cooking. I think, I think that is a really important step that, that we often just kind of dive right in before even um, giving ourselves a filter to discover what it is we really want to be cooking and eating. And how did you, I'm just curious how you decided to create the cooking habit the way you did, as opposed to saying like, maybe I'll start a cooking school or maybe I'll write cookbooks or maybe I'll do a food blog. Like why, how did you figure out that there was a need for this type of business? Because when you're thinking of quitting your job and, you know, it's not like you just do it one day and come up with something like, how did you kind of come up with this idea as opposed to the traditional ways people might enter the food world? I think this was really attainable for me because I was able to start working with my friends and then my friends of friends and then eventually, you know, new people. And so that was really my way of kind of building up my confidence and really figuring out, okay, is this really something people need help with? And, um, and I think that, that falling in love with cooking is something that everybody struggles with at one point or another. Um, and so there's always solutions and kind of new ideas to share. And how did you get the word out about your business? I mean, I know you had your friends, but was there any other way that you tried to get new people? Because you, you teach in your home, right? So my so I have three programs. One program is um, is a cooking dinner party, which pretty much is just like what I did in college, which is cook a meal with um, friends and offer, you know, advice on, on, and cooking instruction. Uh Um, the other two programs are done solely online. And so I, I, it's basically just kind of one-on-one. I work with folks, um, over Skype or FaceTime or a call and really help them design what their life in the kitchen is going to be like, and then help them implement what that vision is. So I think the, the, Nice thing about my method is everybody's different, and I really try to honor how everybody's unique. And and really, I'm just asking the right questions to help um, you figure out what the answers are, because I really think that everybody has their own cooking answers inside of them. They just kind of need to be woken up. And was there ever a point when you know, you were running the business that you just, you weren't sure it was going to work? Or or when did you hit a wall or feel what frustrated you about starting your own business? I think the um, the isolation is challenging mm-hmm. uh, when you're starting a business on your own. And so that is when I really hit a wall is, um, is feeling isolated and not having, you know, the opportunity or encouragement to talk to to people about the cooking habit in general. So since we're talking resolutions, like what are your resolutions for the cooking habit in 2017? I think my resolution for the cooking habit is to continue to just spread the word and start new partnerships. 
I think that's something I'm really interested in is working with um, other folks who are doing similar work but not quite the same work to um, to really help people cook more often. So now that people know what went into starting the business and for anyone who's thinking of starting something in 2017, I hope Emily was inspiring to you. But let's take me as a little guinea pig here because everyone who listens to the show knows that I am trying to develop my own cooking habit, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. When you are trying to figure out what someone is like in the kitchen, what's holding them back in the kitchen, where their strengths and weaknesses are, like, what would you ask me? Like, if I called you and said, I burn everything, I don't know what I'm doing, help me, what would you do? Maybe I would call you with something a little bit more descriptive, but theoretically. I would would kind of ask, you know, when you go to the kitchen and you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed out, what are those triggers? You know, is it, is it you smell something going wrong and, and that's when you feel overwhelmed? Is it even before you get into the kitchen and you're feeling overwhelmed? So I think kind of understanding where the stress comes from is really the only way to resolve it. So my stress comes from timing, that I get home at 7, 7.30, and I'm just like, I can't even imagine ever getting a pot out from under my sink and then filling it with water. And then I have to wait 15, 20 minutes for pasta. And then I'm going to have to wash this pot. So sometimes they eat pasta right out of the pot after it cools down. That's where my stress comes from is timing. Do you hear that a lot? Yeah, I definitely hear that a lot. And I think timing is, um, the you know, the idea that cooking takes a really long time and planning takes a really long time is something that I hear a lot of people say. But then once they start implementing the, the skills that are needed to start a cooking habit, they it, it's kind of like they realize, you know, wow, I was, I was taking so much time um, cooking the other way. And, and let me just start over with that because I, I also would like to say that um, we spend a lot of time making food decisions that we don't even realize we're making. Like, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you look at a menu, that's time that you're taking to decide what to eat. You know, for me, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm not going to cook tonight. I want to go out to eat. Where am I going to go out to eat? I might spend like 30 minutes on Yelp. Yeah. I might spend 30 minutes on Yelp and that is time that I'm taking to decide what to eat. And so my, my method is really consolidating the time that you spend deciding what to eat because you have this really good filter and vision and then using your time appropriately so that you can cook more. Are you the advocate of like a meal plan, like coming up with on Sunday, mapping out your meals for the week? Cause I don't know that I could ever do that. I get I have so many stressors. Another stressor of mine is the grocery store. I hate the grocery store more than life. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, grocery store. Not alone. And actually, I I don't really enjoy grocery shopping either. Yeah. That's you know I don't I think that might be unusual for for a cook, but um, I think time is definitely better spent cooking than it is shopping for food. Yeah. And so, again, it's like limiting the time you're spending deciding, limiting the time you're spending shopping, and maximizing the time that you can spend cooking and enjoying food with other people. Because that's, that's what's really going to bring you the real pleasure and, and help you kind of fall in love with cooking. But um, another, another note on, you know, coming home really hungry or, you know, unmotivated to cook, I think that 
uh, sometimes I ask people the question, you know, okay, if you're coming home and you're at seven, it's seven thirty, and you're really starving, first of all, don't cook when you're hungry because that does not lead to a good experience. But also maybe evaluate, like, okay, is your lunch really satisfying you? You know, no. is is are you having, um, if your lunch isn't satisfying you, are you having like a snack in between meals so that you can get home in time before you're, you know, hangry to cook a meal? That's also something. And, that, and I think that is part of kind of intuitive eating and understanding your own body's cycle of hunger. So what are some, what are, if someone's coming to you with very little cooking background like me, what are like the yeah. first, like, fundamental skills you want them to learn or you want them to practice? I would say the first skill is to get curious. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the number one thing that that folks should be doing is just get really curious. Like what is it that you want to eat? You know, get curious about what other people are eating and what what food are you eating out that you really enjoy? I think um, having some kitchen curiosity is is essential in kind of getting the motivation to start cooking. What are some of the things you think if people learn how to do these, they'll be able to cook something every night? Uh, I think, you know, going off of the kind of curiosity, I think it's really important to um, invite folks into your home to cook with you and to share a meal with you, because I think that that is, that's going to make it more fun and more enjoyable. So if you can, if you can get curious about what you want to eat and, um, and share that curiosity with others, that's going to really motivate you to, to cook more often. I think I am always amazed how much more fun it is for me to cook dinner when someone is with me in the kitchen, if only because they'll talk to me while I cook, I get really bored if I'm just like chopping onions by myself, but I have a friend in the kitchen and suddenly I can, I have all these skills I can actually do. I think my my hangups are boredom and just feeling that cereal is way faster than anything you can ever cook in a skillet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and like so you know you and I would really recommend, you know, maybe this is something that I do with my friends that I don't really get to see often, but maybe if you are missing someone who is, you know, on the other side of the country, you can uh, cook a meal with them over Skype or over uh, FaceTime and, you know, figure out maybe both cook the same thing and um, turn Skype on while you're chopping your onions. And that way you have someone to hang out with. Um, Yeah. That's, something I've been calling a digital dinner party. I love uh, that. Maybe we'll catch on. <laughs> I love that. And something else I know that many people have resolved to do this year is pack their own lunch. Do you get that a lot that people are just, I can't manage to do anything for lunch. I'm always starving at work because I threw a yogurt and a banana into my bag and that's it. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm a huge advocate of leftovers for lunch. I think that if you are enjoying your leftovers for lunch, perhaps you're not enjoying that meal um, as much as you think the night before. Ooh. And so if, you, if you're cooking a dinner that you really, really enjoy, I guarantee you're going to look forward to eating it the next day. That's actually, that's a really good point. That's a much, that's a much better way to think of it because that's true. With foods I really, yeah. really love... I could eat them every day. 
And I just need yeah. to be better about making them the first time, I suppose. Like pizza? Yeah. Totally. I could have pizza for oh. dinner and mm-hmm. breakfast and lunch, 100%. So I just Thank need to... You. That- that is my favorite. Yeah. So I just need to make everything as good as pizza, I think, is the moral of the story. Well, and you just need to make pizza. You know? <laughs> I get have really done that. Good at making pizza. I have. So I will say that if you get pizza, I have not made my own pizza dough yet, but I will say to all listening, making pizza is actually not as hard as it seems in your head. It's a lot easier than you think it is. I'm still, I mean, there's still like dishes to be washed and things to be prepped, which is always my hang up, but it is not that hard. And it's pretty easy to just put whatever you want on it. And I always have pasta sauce or red sauce in my fridge. So it works out really well and cheese. So it's a good thing to remember. Emily, why don't we tell people and remind people who don't remember from the beginning of the episode where they can find you and where they can sign up for your programs? Yeah, so you can find me at thecookinghabit.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at The Cooking Habit. And you can sign up for any of Emily's programs on thecookinghabit.com and set yourself up for a successful new year. So thank you so much, Emily. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And good luck with your business in 2017. I can't wait to see how it grows. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at Sam Zabel and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our producer, Jordan Bell. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and review in iTunes. I'm Sam Zabel and I'll see you next time. 